0: I am Grandpa, and I love you. I'm Grandma, and I love you, too. Welcome to our podcast, Grandpa and Grandma Bedtime Stories. We share some stories that will make you laugh. We share stories that might make you cry. And we share stories that will give you courage to choose the right. And these bedtime stories will help you to dream sweet dreams. So get on your pajamas and say your prayers. Turn out the light and hear our story tonight. Good evening. This is Grandpa Hill. Tonight's bedtime story is about my first job outside of the home. It is about the first time I earned money that didn't come from my parents. It's when I learned that though work was hard, I could do hard things. It's when I learned that you don't feel that great when you waste your money on things you don't really need. These are all good lessons. Are you ready? Here we go. Between 5th and 6th grade, I had lots of free time, and there were lots of things I wanted to buy. I would often go to Dad and ask him for extra jobs that he could pay me for so I could buy the things I wanted. These things got more and more expensive. In fact, I wanted to buy a reel-to-reel tape recorder that cost more than $100. There were no jobs at home that could pay me that kind of money. I would have to save up for years. One afternoon after I had asked for yet another job, my dad said, Jeff, it's time you have a real job and earn real money. I didn't know what he was talking about. He was giving me real jobs, and he was giving me real money. Can you guess what he was talking about? You probably guessed it. He was giving me all these jobs, and he was paying me. He wanted me to start working for someone else so they could pay me. He called around and found that a newspaper, the San Francisco News Call Bulletin, needed paperboys for their afternoon paper routes, right where we lived in Santa Cruz, California. In those ancient days, almost everyone subscribed to one or even two newspapers. Do you know why? It was because there were no smartphones, Alexas, Siri's, podcasts, streaming, or even cable news channels. You had just three choices if you wanted the news. You could listen to your radio exactly on the hour and catch a four-minute hourly news broadcast, or you could be in front of your television set at exactly six o'clock in the evening and watch a 30-minute daily news broadcast, or you could get a newspaper and read it whenever you wanted. Naturally, most people subscribe to at least one newspaper. And back then, newspapers tried to be objective and independent, not like today. They were a trusted source of information. At this time in the mid-1960s in Santa Cruz, California, boys, usually between the ages of 10 and 15, would ride their bikes and deliver the newspaper to your front porch every day. That was pretty cool. If you subscribed to the newspaper, all you had to do was open your front door at the right time, and voila! There was a newspaper you could read whenever you wanted to. There were morning newspapers and afternoon newspapers. The boys delivering the morning newspapers would get up at 5 in the morning every day, ride their bikes and deliver the papers by 6.30, and then be home in time to get ready for school. The boys delivering the afternoon newspapers would get their papers right after school and get done about 5 o'clock every day. Dad got me a job with the news call bulletin which luckily for me was an afternoon newspaper. They told me to meet at the Flying A gas station on Water Street. When I went the first time, I was really excited. And I was really scared. I couldn't tell if I was excited or if I was scared. Do you ever feel like that? I feel excited and scared almost every time I do something new, even now. I've decided it's better to be excited in those times because that's better than being scared. On my first day, I couldn't wait for school to get over. As the bell rang, I literally jumped out of my seat. I hurried out of my third-floor classroom at Branciforte Elementary, ran down the stairs, got on my Western Flyer bike, and rode as fast as I could to the Flying A gas station on Water Street, about half a mile away. At the gas station, there were about ten boys waiting for their newspapers. Most of them were way older than I was. You could tell they were having a good time. They were laughing hard sometimes. No one seemed to even notice me. I felt kind of worried. I had a dime in my pocket, so I got a cold glass bottle of Fanta Grape soda to calm my nerves and to try to look cool. In a few minutes, a truck drove up. A man with a San Francisco Giants ball cap and smoking a cigarette got out, climbed into the back of the truck, and started throwing out bundles of newspapers onto the ground. Each bundle had a number on it. Can you guess why the bundles had numbers? You're right. It's because each bundle was for a different paper route. That way, each paper boy got the right number of newspapers for his route. Bill was the guy in the truck throwing out bundles of newspapers. After he threw out all the bundles, he looked on a piece of paper and barked, Ruff, ruff, ruff. No, he didn't actually bark, but he shouted with words, Is Jeff Hill here? I gasped. I timidly raised my hand and tried to say something, but I was so scared I couldn't say a single word. Bill noticed me, laughed, and then he shouted, "'Jeff Hill, get the hell over here!' I was astounded. I had never heard anyone swear before, except Dad once when I knocked the ice cream freezer out of the storage space above the garage and broke it into a lot of pieces. Or Mom would swear when she told funny jokes from my Uncle Kay, but she never swore at me. I didn't know what to think. I timidly went over to Bill, and he laughed at me again, and pointed to an older boy and said, "'This is Mario. He'll show you what to do, and he'll even go on your route with you today.' Then Bill smiled and looked kindly at me. "'Listen, kid, don't worry. Things will be okay. You're pretty young, but maybe you'll do a good job.' Then he laughed again. Now I wasn't scared. I was mad. I was hopping mad.' Did he say, maybe I would do a good job? Of course, I was going to do a great job, not maybe. I was responsible. I could burn the trash every day. I could make my bed every day. I could do lots of jobs, and well. I was going to show him how good a paper boy could be. Well, Mario was about eight feet tall. At least that's what he looked like to me. Even had a little mustache. And he was already in ninth grade and had a girlfriend. I was scared of him because he was so big and because of that ugly mustache. But actually, he was very nice to me. He said, don't mind what Bill says. He just sounds mean. Really, he's very nice and will help you whenever you need help. Mario then showed me what to do for my paper route. First, we took the newspapers and rolled them up and put a rubber bound around them. It took me like 30 seconds to do each paper. Mario could do one every five seconds. How much faster was Mario than me? Well, figure it out. You're right. He was six times faster than me. Then we put the folded newspapers into a canvas bag with two compartments that went over my head so I could carry the papers while I rode my bike. I had a small route of about 40 papers, and so we put about 20 papers in the front, and guess how many papers we put in the back? Yep, you got it, about 20. Do you know why we put 20 in the front and in the back? You're right. You are so smart. It was so that the bag would be balanced, and I wouldn't fall over on my face and hit the road while delivering my papers. When we were finished folding, I looked down at my hands, and they were almost black from the newspaper ink. I asked Mario if I should wash my hands in the gas station bathroom before we went out. He laughed. Are you kidding? They'll just get black again when we throw the papers. Wash them right when you get home before your mom sees them. Then off we went on my paper route. We headed even further away from my house toward the Santa Cruz Beach, where all the surfers were. Mario had the list of my subscribers, and he directed me to the first house. He had me stop about 20 yards past the house. He took the paper bag from me, put it over his head, and then rode to about 20 yards before the house. As he rode back, he shouted to me, Let me show you how to throw a newspaper. By the way, I am the best. In my mind, I thought, We'll see who's the best. As he rode back past the house, he took a newspaper out of the bag and threw it at the front porch about 20 feet away. The paper went end over end, hit the front porch, bounced off the front door, and landed square on the welcome mat. Wow. I was impressed. I knew I couldn't do that, at least not yet. Mario stopped with me and put the paper bag over my head. In five seconds, the door opened. Mario waved and said, Hi, Mr. Green. Mr. Green responded, Hi, Mario. You're right on time. And then Mario said, Mr. Green, this is your new paper boy, Jeff. I waved and we rode on. Mario told me, Mr. Green is always waiting for his paper and when he hears it hit the front door, he comes out. Always hit the front door and always get his paper on time. If you do he'll give you a tip. If you don't, he'll complain to Bill. Do you know what a tip is? It's when someone gives you extra money because you've done a good job. It isn't your regular pay. It's like a bonus. If you are a paper boy, you really want to get tips. If you do a good job, you can literally double what you make with tips. We rode for a while before we came to the second house. Mario said, Okay, it's your turn. Now you try throwing a paper. With halting confidence, I picked a newspaper out of the bag, and as I rode by the house, I let it fly with all my might. I lost my balance and fell to the ground just as I saw the newspaper land in the big bush in the front of the house. Mario laughed and laughed. He couldn't stop laughing. Jeff, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Right then, I felt so sad and so mad at Mario for laughing at me. But then I did something that helped a lot. I just started laughing uncontrollably. Then we both laughed so hard. It took us a while to calm down, and then Mario said, Don't worry, kid, you'll get the hang of it. And then we laughed some more. I've learned it is much more fun to laugh than to be mad or sad when I do something embarrassing which often happens. I climbed behind the bush and could see the newspaper. I reached as far as I could, but the branches were prickly. Finally, I had to reach in anyway. I got the paper, but my arms were all scratched up. No blood, though. I walked the paper to the porch and put it squarely on the welcome mat. We went through the rest of the route, taking turns throwing the papers. I never fell off my bike again and after ten tries, I actually hit one of the porches. Mario hit the porches perfectly every time. Near the end of the route, we came to an apartment building on West Cliff Drive overlooking the beach. Mario stopped by the guardrail and stared down at something on the beach. I wondered what it was. Could it be a whale? Maybe a shark? Whatever it was, he was staring intently and had a smile on his face. I strained my eyes to look down there, but I couldn't see anything very interesting, just a bunch of teenagers playing on the beach. Then Mario said longingly, This is the best part of the paper out, Jeff. You get to watch the babes in the bikinis. I will miss that. I didn't really understand what he was talking about, but after a couple years, I came to understand. We climbed up four flights of stairs to the top of the apartment building and delivered a newspaper by hand to Mrs. Stagnaro. She was a widow who lived alone in the penthouse with her pet cat. Mario said, Knock on the door every day, spend a little time with her, and see what happens. We knocked on the door. The oldest woman I had ever seen answered the door. Mario handed her the newspaper. Here you go, Mrs. Stagnaro. She smiled and responded, Oh, Mario, you are so sweet to remember this little old lady. Then she gave him a big hug. When she let him go, Mario looked seriously. Mrs. Stagnaro, I've got a new job flipping burgers at that new place, McDonald's, so I can make more money. After today, I won't be your paper boy anymore. Jeff here is my replacement. Then tears welled up in Mrs. Stagnero's eyes. Oh, my sweet Mario, I will miss you so much. You've been such a good paper boy. Wait right here. Then she picked up a little purse, opened it up, and pulled out a bill. I thought it was so nice of her to give Mario a dollar, and I knew it was called a tip. When she handed him the bill, I looked at it. I was astounded again. It wasn't a dollar bill. It was a $20 bill. What? I had never had a $20 bill in my life. Wow, that would buy almost 200 packs of baseball cards or one-fifth of the reel-to-reel tape recorder that I wanted to buy. It made me want to be a really good paper boy, especially to Mrs. Stagnaro. Mario gave her another hug. Mrs. Stagnaro looked at me and said, See you tomorrow, Jeff. We had finished the paper route. It had taken almost two hours, and it was starting to get dark. We rode back from the beach toward the city. I had learned so much in just one day. I wasn't as scared anymore. I felt this paper route would be hard, but had confidence that I could do hard things. And I was excited to deliver Mrs. Stagnaro's paper every afternoon. And I learned that I love to do things where I can learn a lot. On the way back, Mario said, now is the time you say thanks to me by getting me a root beer float at Dog & Suds. Dog and Suds was a fast food restaurant where you could get hot dogs for 20 cents and root beer floats for 15 cents. And I did have a quarter in my pocket. Do you know how much a quarter is? You're right, 25 cents. You are so smart. Could I get us both a root beer float? You're right, I could not. I would need five more cents. We walked in, and I ordered one root beer float for Mario. He said, aren't you going to get one for you? I said, no, I only have a quarter. Then he smiled and said, the treat's on me. I didn't know what the treat's on me meant. Do you know what it means? Did it mean he was going to pour the root beer float all over him? No, what then? You probably guessed it. You are smarter than me. It meant he was going to pay for it. He ordered another one for me, and he paid for it, too. I was so happy. I always really liked Mario for that. That was sweet in more ways than one. It was another two miles from Dog and Suds to 151 Carroll Avenue, and when I got home, it was after dark. When Mom saw me, she opened her arms— Jeff, you're home. I was so worried about you. Mom seemed to always be worried, don't they? I didn't hug her, but ran off. I've got to go to the bathroom. I hurried into the bathroom and washed all that black ink off my hands. I'm afraid that night, and every night, I left a black mess in the bathroom sink. Then I came out and gave Mom a big hug, and it felt so good to be loved and missed and worried about. Dad heard us and came in to ask how it went. I told them everything, and Dad said, I'm proud of you. That's a hard job. But I know you can do hard things. It will get easier. And it did. I had this paper out for more than two years until we moved from Santa Cruz to Tacoma, Washington, when I was 13. I took good care of Mrs. Stagnero, and she would give me a tip every month, usually about $5. This job taught me many lessons that I'm grateful for. One of the most important was to be excited and not scared when doing something new. I also learned that when you want something, you can work for it, earn money, and buy it. I also learned that when you do an excellent job, you feel really good about it. I do have to say, I would have made a lot more money on my paper route if Mario hadn't taken me to Dog and Suds that first day. After long days on the paper route, I would often spend way too much money on root beer floats. I love root beer floats to this day, but they did eat into my profits quite a bit. I never had enough money for that reel-to-reel tape recorder. But I learned this lesson, to not waste money on things that I don't really need. On a side note, when I was 12... Santa Claus did bring me that reel-to-reel tape recorder, and I still have it more than 60 years later. That's tonight's bedtime story. I hope you can be really excited and not too scared when you do something new. I hope that you know that even when life is hard, you can do hard things. And I hope you will do your best at every job that you have. I love you. Good night and sweet dreams. We hope you enjoyed tonight's bedtime story. We hope you felt our love for you. And we hope you will have sweet dreams tonight. We love you so much.